somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, we have a, a lot of stuff to get to today. We have some audio clips that we're going to be playing, and we're going to start that earlier so we can get through them. Uh, we have some Jesse Water clips. Jesse Water had quite the day yesterday. I think he put himself on the map. Again, I still don't have Fox News, but... I get clips from Twitter and X or whatever you want to call it now. And um, and that's how I'm getting it. Uh, I will be getting back on cable uh, in uh, late August uh, for the college football season, as I have mentioned before. But uh, in the wake of Tucker Carlson's firing, I decided to at least make a statement and, uh, it, you know, with my dollar and uh, – cancel my cable service because really all I was watching was Tucker and uh, some Fox and friends in the morning, but then Fox and friends started getting kind of awful, you know, and uh, I was like, I'm not missing much and uh, I can get some of it at the gym or whatever. But, uh, you know, for the most part, um, you know, I'll probably be getting back on, uh, you know, close to September. Uh, for the college football season. I've got to follow my uh, new college football team, Colorado Buffs, is going to be my new team this year because of uh, Deion Sanders and what he's doing out there. I hope they win. Uh, Penn State's always been pretty much my, my main team ever since the Joe Paterno days. But all right, so we got a lot of news. Uh, Sinead O'Connor passed away. And... Um, you know, that's a little sad. She struggled uh, with, um, you know, it turned out that that Illuminati thing, you know, what she did with the Pope back in on Saturday Night Live that pretty much destroyed her career. Um, there was some stuff going on. She was ahead of the curve with regard to the Catholic Church and what they what was going on there. She was ahead of the curve on that. And I don't know that she was wrong. Um so, you know, when she did that political statement against the Catholic Church, huh? you know, I, I mean, she definitely had 
uh, a lot of depression and a lot of mental instability in her life. And um, she died at the age of 56. But, uh, you know, another health scare yesterday uh, was Mitch McConnell. Now, he's married to Elaine Chow, who owns the Foremost Group, a shipping company that uh, has profited big time with the shipping lanes coming out of China and the forced slave labor that the climate and climate enthusiasts have rigged up uh, with the Paris Agreement, uh, which mandates that um, you can't, uh, regulates that you can't manufacture so much in the West because of the green policies, but you can go full bore and full tilt, blowing smokestacks all over the place, digging for coal, drilling for oil, just mining with slaves uh, all over the place in developing nations because they you know, can't afford all the green technology. But really what it is, is they're using a climate scam, which we know is bogus, because we know that CO2 follows temperature. The temperature leads CO2. It's not CO2. CO2 does not drive up temperature. Temperature drives up CO2. And once you understand that science, it debunks the entire climate initiative. Because they've known for 800 years, because apparently the study is that CO2 follows temperature by 800 years. So they already know that CO2 is going to rise. They already know it as a fact. So they're going to use that knowledge to push a propaganda that allows them to gain control over your life by telling you what stove you can buy, what car you can buy, and everything else in between. Tell you how to live your life. Tell you you can't eat meat. The cow flatulence is, is going to just ruin the earth. Meanwhile, we got UFOs. I guarantee you, you know, the UFO committees, right? I don't know a lot. I don't know enough. Um, this isn't the show to talk about UFOs on this end because I don't know much about it. But I will say they had a whole committee hearing about the UFOs and unidentified uh, flying objects and, you know, whatever. And, um, or UAPs, unidentified aerial propellants or something like that. In any case, they were talking about that stuff yesterday on a committee hearing devoted to that. And uh, I guess there's a lot to that. I just, this would not be the show. We're not experts on that. We don't know what we're doing when we talk about that stuff. But I will tell you um, that uh, we'll probably, if there is some truth to that, uh, we have a lot more things to worry about than climate. Talk about existential threats. It's not climate. But speaking of health concerns, Mitch McConnell froze up. He had a stroke. I'm sure it was a stroke. And it was a stroke-like symptom. And he just started talking. Next thing you know, he went blank. And he stood there for like a minute and didn't say a word. And people had to come around him and take him off the dais or the podium. And, uh, you know, Benny Johnson wrote this. He says, panic. 81-year-old Mitch McConnell stops speaking, freezes dead, and has total mental health episode like live on TV. 
Other senators gathering gather around McConnell and speaking and speak to him like he's a brain-damaged nursing home patient. Age limits for Congress now. There really ought to be. Feinstein can't even walk into the chamber. I mean, you got a president uh, in the Oval Office right now that can't say his own name. He can't write. He can't speak without reading from a prompter. He has no brain cells. And his son is a crack addict and a sex addict. And... You know, basically, uh, his whole plea deal blew up in his face. So we're going to talk about Hunter Biden today, obviously. That's the biggest story. We're going to save that one for later in the show. But we have a couple of other things we want to talk about, too. Mayorkas was on Capitol Hill, lying through his teeth, because he's a liar. And I don't take my word for it, Harriet Hageman. Thank goodness she uh, she replaced Liz Cheney as the Liz Cheney seat for Wyoming because she's a she is a Trump supporting rock star and she did great. So, but Mitch McConnell's uh, got a health scare, richest richest guy probably in the Senate with the foremost group is help from his wife. Another guy that gets a lot of help from his wife is John Kerry. The climate czar that has private jets through his Heinz family fortune because he's married to the Heinz family. He went from marrying a millionaire, which was his first wife, then cheated on her, John Kerry did, and then decided to go with a billionaire in the Heinz fortune. So I, I actually don't buy Heinz products um, because of uh, you know all the uh, politics that they've, you know, push down the throats of middle-class Americans who they profit from. Middle-class Americans buy Heinz products and they stab those middle-class taxpayers in the back. So I just won't buy it. You know, if I go to Harris Teeter uh, grocery store, I'll buy Harris Teeter uh, ketchup. You know, I just won't buy Heinz. And I haven't for 15 years, at least. Back uh, ever since John Kerry was... Well, for as long as I could remember, I just haven't boycotted, boycotted that product. Um, so I do my I do my part, you know. Let's put it that way. So, um, you know, one of the things that uh, people are talking about is taxpayer funded taxi services for illegal migrants. But then again, you got taxpayer illegal, um, or you got taxpayer uh, funded caravans for criminals like Hunter Biden as well. So that your tax dollars are going for a lot of things that aren't really helping you. They're helping Hunter Biden get to the courthouse to make a mockery of the court with a plea deal that's off the charts criminal. I mean, if anything, the DOJ got exposed yesterday for um, for the sweetheart deal that they created. It was an unbelievable deal. No one knew the details of this deal, but it would have actually created immunity for every crime that Hunter Biden did. 
And the statute of limitations already protected him from a whole host of other Burisma crimes that happened in 15 and 16. Those statute of limitations ran out on him for tax evasion of millions of dollars. So James Comer, though, is going to come out with some new information in the coming days. And then Devin Archer's in hiding because he's afraid for his life. He might end up like the chef over at the Obama camp who lied and said that they were not in their home and uh, and then they or they weren't on the island of Martha's Vineyard and then they were living at sea level. The climate hucksters living at sea level. How do you square that one? That's all they buy is beachfront property in Hawaii and Martha's Vineyard and then they want to tell you about how the water is rising and going to engulf Martha's Vineyard and Hawaii. (laughs) They're just flat-out liars. But yeah, you have the taxpayer dollars going to caravans for Hunter and taxi services for illegal migrants. Go figure. All right, so we want to listen to some clips. We're going to start off with Mayorkas. We're going to end up with Hunter Biden today. And that's how we're doing this show, um, because we're saving the best for last. Um, But uh, we have a lot of audio clips, so we're going to start early. Uh, with the audio clips, because uh, I don't want to run out of time. I have some really great audio that you need to hear. So this is Matt Gates introducing the Mayorkas Doctrine. And I'll say this. Before we get started with the Mayorkas Doctrine, I want you to hear something else. I want you to hear Joe Biden in 2015 sitting directly next to uh, Mayorkas in 2015 when Joe Biden was vice president. We've played this clip before in the past, but I want you to hear this because this is going to set up the Mayorkas section of this show. So let's take a listen. Communities, but African communities, Asian communities, Hispanic communities, and and the wave still continues. It's not going to stop, nor should we want it to stop. As a matter of fact, uh, um, it's one of the things I think we can be most proud of. So... Uh, so there's a second thing in that black box, an unrelenting stream of immigration, nonstop, nonstop. Folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority in the United States of America. Absolute minority. Fewer than 50 percent of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a, that's a source of our strength. It is, but Africa- and, and Mallorca is sitting there with a smile on his face, like, I am so proud of you for saying that. That, that. that is an open border doctrine right there. That is an open border doctrine. You cannot have a country without borders. And There it is right there. That is the motivating source of the whole thing. And they look at it because they can convert these impoverished people. See, they don't want, just like we played that George Carlton, uh, George Carlson, um, George Carlton, um, comedian, right? We played that audio clip yesterday, if you recall. And it was about, you know, how the government doesn't want you smart. They want you on drugs. 
That's why fentanyl is okay. That's why under COVID you couldn't go out to a restaurant but and eat a salad, but you could go to the liquor store and buy a bottle of whatever, right? They want you high. They allow the fentanyl and the heroin and the marijuana to come in. They legalize marijuana everywhere they get, everywhere they can. And interesting little factoid, though, MasterCard came out with an announcement that they're going to stop allowing purchases with their MasterCard for marijuana. I read that. I was a shock. As much as I don't like pot, and I don't like marijuana and, and, you know, I have no interest in it and think it's really bad for you. And I think it's, if they do more studies, it's going to re- lead to some new findings, but I'm just not a fan of it, but a lot of people are, but I'm not, but I will say this, even though I like that MasterCard did that, I am against that. Because it's a slippery slope. If it's not marijuana today, what is it next, right? So I don't think the credit card companies should be in the business of that. Just like they shouldn't be closing accounts for conservatives, you know. And we shouldn't have two standards of anything. It's, everything should be equal. Not not equity, equality, okay? But anyway, Joe Biden clearly is pushing the open border agenda like on steroids and uh, that's just the fact so this is where Mayorkas who says the border is secure and he was asked this by a democrat is the border open no it is not so it's secure well he's lying he's a liar and here Matt Gates defines the Mayorkas doctrine if you show up at the border if you don't commit a specific aggravated felony you get to stay forever Two million encounters and releases under your watch. So not including the Title 42 expulsions, not including violent criminals. Of those two million plus that you've encountered and released, how many have you told to go home? Um, uh, Congressman, uh, individuals who are released are placed in immigration enforcement proceedings under the law where they can make their claim for relief. If their claim for relief is not satisfied, they are subject to removal from the United States. Right. Subject to removal sounds very different than actually removed. So I'm not interested in the process. I'm not interested in what people are subject to. Two million people encountered and released. Not the expulsions under Title 42, not the criminals. How many of those people have you deported? So, uh, Congressman, a few points. Number one. Just how many of the people? I just want to know how many. It's just a number. Congressman, uh, we are dealing with a completely broken immigration I get system. It. I, no, 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 Mr. Secretary, I'm not going to let you burn my five minutes. Do you know the answer? Do you know the number of people out of that two million that you've removed that aren't criminals? I do know that okay. we have removed more aggravated felons. Right, I'm not asking about them. You, you, I, I've caveated that away. Because here's what I'm, I'm sort of getting and what your non-responsiveness is demonstrating. The Mayorkas doctrine is this. If you show up at the border and get released into the country... If you don't commit a specific aggravated felony, which, by the way, doesn't include a lot of assault and battery, doesn't include a lot of bad domestic violence, but if you're not one of the people who commit those crimes, you get to stay forever. And that's the doctrine. And that's exactly what they're doing. And they're, con- they're registering them to vote. That's the key. 
They're using the CBP1 app, registering them to vote. And then those people don't even know that they're getting registered to vote because it's like motor voter. It's automatic. They, they're not registering to vote. They're getting, them, they're getting registered to vote by somebody else. That's what's happening is these people are coming in illegally. They're being left into our let into our country and allowed to roam free. And somehow they're getting registered to vote. And those ballots are going to go to a specific mail address that only the Democrat operatives know. The Democrats send out their ballot harvesters, pick them up, the ballots, fill them out. Signature verification is a joke. So they don't even have to worry about signatures. They drop them off in stacks, in drop boxes. And they have 30 days to do it with a very corrupt, very liberal U.S. Postal Service, despite DeJoy being the, the helm, at the helm. And they have 30 days to drop them off at drop boxes or mail them back in and all kinds of stuff. And these ballots are the ones that get counted after election night results are tallied. They get counted last. Why do you think they decided to count them after the election night results were tallied? Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because they needed to know exactly how many ballots they need to uh, box up and put into a, a van and deliver to the back door entrance of a voting counting center happens to all be Democrat votes that come in at 3 a.m. and they just dump them off and tally them up, run them through a machine and voila, we need, we were, uh, you know, 87,000 votes short. We got a skid of a hundred thousand votes, all Democrat from the ballot harvesters. No problem. It's a joke. Why in the world are we not doing something about it? We should be taken to the streets on this one. This is so bad. It's the worst thing that's happening to our country. Nobody's even talking about it. That's the part that frustrates me the most. Harriet Hagman, who replaced Liz Cheney, knows exactly who Mayorkas is. She says, you are the walking, talking epitome of the very tyrant that our founding fathers recognized would gravitate toward government service. It's because of people like you that they drafted the First Amendment, which is under attack. By the way, there's a new Pew study, and like 70% of Democrats are uh, younger de- Democrats are basically saying it's okay for the government to work with social media and big tech giants to censor Americans. Remember that Jankovic girl, and and how and how and by the way, I mean J six and the Russian hoax and all these other things. The Hunter laptop being Russian Russian disinformation. All of that stuff proved to be exactly what the so called conspiracy theorists said it was. And it was these people that are the custodians of truth that uh, are basically in charge of the information ministry. 
are the ones that were wrong. Historically, we look at, back at it, and the people that are claiming the high road on integrity, Dr. Fauci was wrong. It was the other doctors that were right with regard to gain of function and the lab leak and the, uh, the fact that COVID was a bioweapon paid for by the United States, CIA, State Department, USAID, and the De- uh, Department of Defense. We know what time it is, folks. And we know that there's a whole bunch of crap going on in Ukraine that they're covering up. And they're just a bunch of liars. It's a corrupt government. It's a corrupt system. There's nothing good about our government right now. And Harriet Hegman, God bless her, she took care of Mayorkas in short order. And she did, I think, one of the best statements yesterday. Let's take a listen. Mr. Mayorkas, I actually really want to thank you as well for coming here today, for your performance I have watched with absolute fascination as you have danced and dodged and lied. Yes, lied. We know you've lied. You know you've lied. But more importantly, the American public knows that you lied throughout your testimony today. And yet you believe that you and your fellow architects of the censorship industrial complex think that you should be able to determine what is and isn't true and what is and isn't untrue. You are the walking, talking epitome of the very tyrant that our forefathers recognized would gravitate towards government service. And it is because of people like you that they drafted the First Amendment. I thank them for their foresight. I thank them for recognizing that you and people like you would do everything in your power to control speech, to control freedom, to take away our rights. And they've written a document that isn't going to allow you to do that. Unfortunately, we still have courts and judges who recognize that you don't have the power that you are attempting to take, that you do not have the right to limit our freedom of speech, our freedom of association, our right to communicate. Thank God we have the First Amendment so that we can stop you from doing what you've been doing. With that, I yield back. That's about as powerful of a statement as I have ever heard. That one is right there at the top. So we're going to get over to the Hunter Biden uh, saga. And um, I don't know where to start with this. Uh, Jesse Waters had an open yesterday that you got to hear. I thought it was perfect. And I think we're going to start with that. It's actually a pretty long um, piece. Well, it started the day before, actually, with the... uh, joke of a action where the Democrat, the Biden law attorneys um, called in. And let's just take a listen to this. Hunter Biden's plea deal is now in jeopardy. President Joe Biden's son is set to appear in court tomorrow, where Delaware Judge Mary Ellen Narica will decide on whether or not to sign off on Hunter's plea deal. And Hunter Biden may have just jinxed the deal. You're not going to believe what he just did. Republican Congressman Jason Smith just filed a brief with the judge, entering into evidence the IRS whistleblower testimony. Basically a legal move to get the judge to think, you know what, are you really going to let this guy off so easy? And Hunter Biden's attorney called the courthouse clerk today and pretended to be a Republican attorney and told the clerk, oops, you know what, 
we didn't really mean to file all that whistleblower stuff. Can you guys just strike that from the record? Seriously, Hunter Biden's lawyer made a phony phone call to the court and tried to remove the whistleblower testimony. He called and impersonated the opposing lawyer. Hey, this is a <clears throat> Republican attorney, Chris Clark. Oh, never mind that amicus brief. Just forget about it. That was an accident. Good day, young lady. Was this Hunter Sugar Brothers idea? You know, the one who was ripping bong hits off his balcony in Malibu. This sounds like the kind of caper you cook up when you're on cocaine. Hey, guys, you know what we should do? We should just call the courthouse and pretend we're the other lawyer. Democrats just called this whole investigation a clown show, and Hunter Biden's lawyers are making prank calls to the judge on the eve of the plea deal. You can get disbarred for that. This is so brazen, either Hunter thinks he can get away with anything, or his legal team is panicked that this judge is actually going to toss the plea and Hunter may have to serve time. And the judge, a Democrat, was furious that Hunter's lawyer tried to pull one over on her clerk. And the judge is now ordering Hunter's attorneys to explain themselves by 9 o'clock tonight or be sanctioned. But this wasn't the worst news for the Bidens today. Impeachment is officially on the table. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's. So, yeah, that then it gets into that. But that, that's interesting, right? And I didn't know that the judge was a Democrat. All right. So um, Jesse Waters had a great day yesterday, I have to say. Um, and even so much that Joy Behar from The View said he's a terrible person and referred to him as t- the Tucker 2.0 sort of. But you know, he's, uh, he has said some egregious things over the years. Yes. He espouses the same replacement theory that Tucker espoused. Uh, he demonizes trans youth. He's told black people to worry more about absent fathers and less about white supremacist mass shooters. He's really a terrible person. Sure, but you know he's what? Saying- well, because there aren't any white supremacist mass shooters, uh, except for the ones that dress up like women, trans. And uh, and the radical left wing um, shooters, because that's been predominantly what it has been. So, uh, yeah, it is about single parent homes, <laughs> frankly. But uh, Joy Behar could care less about personal responsibility and how to fix the problems of black America. But beyond that. Jesse Waters continues when he was on the five. He said this. We have not had a win when it came to justice in a very, very for the Republicans. He's talking. They've been indicting Trump on a lot of BS stuff. And now we're finally starting to feel the momentum shift. And that's a good thing. We knew, as the judge said, there was shenanigans last night when they tried to make a phony phone call, an impersonation, a little dirty trick. Ah, You know, uh, I'm actually the Republican attorney. Can you strike this from the record? They got caught cold. So the judge is already angry going in. This deal was struck before the IRS whistleblowers came out. Right. This deal was struck before the bribe document dropped, the $5 million to the big guy. So the deal probably wasn't even papered. This might have just been a gentleman's agreement. Let's not put it in writing. So a lot's changed since this deal was done, and they get out there, and the minute it was scrutinized one little bit, 
it, it went under, right, because it, it couldn't hold water to save its life. Uh, let's take a listen to Ted Cruz. Let's take a listen to this. At listen, the only possible conclusion is that the Department of Justice and the FBI were engaged in a rampant cover-up, a cover-up of Hunter Biden's That's illegality and, and bribery scheme, but most importantly, a cover-up of Joe Biden's involvement. You know, we had just yesterday two IRS whistleblowers testify before the House Oversight Committee, both senior career IRS employees, both Democrats. They don't have a partisan axe to grind. Their testimony was riveting. Their testimony was damning. As you know, Larry, I, I do a podcast every week, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, called Verdict with Ted Cruz. Well, it so happens, late last night, at about midnight last night, I brought in and interviewed James Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, and we did two back-to-back -back episodes over an hour long. So part one is airing today. The podcast is out today. Part two is coming out tomorrow, and we spend over an hour walking through systematically what is the evidence of corruption what is the evidence of corruption from the 170 uh, suspicious activity reports that the banks filed from the millions of dollars that were coming to shell companies that were going to the biden family what did the irs whistleblowers testify to and so today's podcast walks through for the first 30 minutes comer going chapter and verse tomorrow finishes it it really was designed because, you know, if you're reading the newspaper or watching TV, you get just a minute or two about it. And if you really want to understand, you've got to do a deep dive to examine the facts and evidence. And among other things, the testimony yesterday that Merrick Garland, Joe Biden's attorney general, engaged in multiple felonies, including lying to Congress under oath and obstruction of justice. Yeah. Well, you know, that's interesting. And, you know, I like that Matt Gates and Ted Cruz are doing these podcasts. I think it's awesome. And uh, they're doing them almost daily now. And it's, it's great uh, with their busy schedules and things like that. But uh, I hear James Comer is about to release a whole bunch of new documents. Let's take a listen to Ted Cruz when he was on Hannity. Let's take a listen. I think to they had a deal. This was a sweetheart deal. This was designed to give Hunter Biden a slap on the wrist, let him get away with zero jail time. And its most important function was to cover up for the big guy, to cover up from Joe Biden, to say all these matters are done. It's all closed. It's over. I think if this plea hearing had been the day after the plea deal was announced, I think it probably they would have stuck to their guns and it might well have been approved. But what happened is several weeks passed and in the several weeks passed, more and more evidence came out. The FD 1023 from the FBI came out. The two IRS whistleblowers testified before the House of Representatives accusing the Attorney General Merrick Garland of lying under oath, accusing the Attorney General of obstruction of justice in this case. And suddenly, the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office in the court realized they couldn't stand up in court and say, oh, no, 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 we're not going to investigate any of this new evidence that's all come roaring out. That became impossible to say. So they said, well, yeah, of course we're going to investigate that. And suddenly Hunter's lawyer said, we're out of here. And the whole thing blew up. I'm glad it blew up. This deal stunk from day one. And it was about covering up Hunter and more importantly covering up Joe Biden's involvement. All right, so, you know, that's that's the crux of it, okay? So now we're going to get to the crux of this whole thing.
This is a long clip. It's an, uh, nine, it says nine minutes, but we, we're not going to play all that, I don't believe. But you got to listen to this because this deal that they struck was so ridiculous. And it was designed to, to basically, I mean, it was almost like a complete blanket pardon, preemptive pardon. And uh, it is unbelievable. But, you know, here's the thing. These prosecutors would have been called into Congress and they would have then been perjured. They would have probably lost their license. So as soon as they said, well, no, there's some new things we're going to be investigating. As soon as they said that, the arrogance of the Hunter Biden uh, team said, well, if the deal was you cannot look at any anything ever again. And it was at that moment that they they decided that there's no deal. What are we actually getting if you could still go after us? And so the plea deal was off the table. They should have taken it because now with Devin Archer, who's in hiding for his life, is going to testify on Monday. And, uh, well, let's take a listen to uh, this was a really great open by Jesse Waters. It was up there with something Tucker could do. So uh, kudos to Jesse Waters for this open. All right. He nailed it. Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal is officially off the table. Today, the president's son showed up in a Delaware courtroom expecting to plead guilty to two counts of tax misdemeanors and a gun charge that would magically disappear. Until Delaware Judge Mary Ellen Norica asked one simple question, what's actually in the deal? Apparently, that was a very difficult question that Hunter Biden and Biden's Department of Justice didn't want to talk about and didn't really have a straight answer to. Hunter's lawyers said Hunter has lifelong immunity from everything. He'll never get charged for anything ever again, having to do with anything or anybody anywhere. And the judge said, really? And Biden's prosecutors, obviously embarrassed, said, well, this is still an active investigation and he he could still be maybe charged for a few things. And Hunter's lawyer said, then there's no deal. And all hell broke loose in the courtroom. So how could both sides come to a plea deal hearing that blows up in the first five minutes? Here's what happened. This sweetest of sweetheart deals was agreed to a month ago. And I don't think they put any of it in writing. It was more of a handshake deal. But a lot's happened since then. When news of the deal broke, even the mainstream media said Hunter was getting home cooking. And then immediately after, two highly credible IRS whistleblowers came forward and detailed a five-year Justice Department conspiracy to obstruct the case against the Bidens. Tip-offs, roadblocks, special treatment. Prosecutors weren't even allowed to crack open the laptop. On top of that, an FBI informant claims a Ukrainian CEO bribed Joe Biden. And that Joe Biden strong-armed him for the cash. Five million to Joe, five mil to Hunter. And not only that, there could be tapes of Joe Biden demanding bribes. And then in a last-second twist, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy signaled that an impeachment inquiry is looming. So, this Delaware prosecutor is thinking to himself, if I go forward with this sweetheart plea deal, I'm part of the cover-up. And if they have impeachment hearings in the House, then they're calling me in to testify under oath about how my office obstructed justice. So, this plea deal, already half-baked, 
made with a wink and a nod, couldn't survive the scrutiny in an open courtroom on the heels of these explosive developments. And believe us, Hunter's team did everything they could to resuscitate the plea today. They went back into chambers scrambling. But the judge wasn't putting up with any of Hunter Biden's lawyers' Hail Marys at this point, especially after last night's shenanigans, when Hunter's legal team was caught impersonating a Republican lawyer, calling the courthouse, trying to pull the IRS whistleblower testimony from the docket, dirty trick. So Hunter's legal team was already on thin ice. The deal was already teetering. All it took was a public hearing and a little shame to have this thing torpedoed. This judge isn't buying the White House defense that Hunter was a victim of addiction who wasn't responsible for his actions. The judge asked if Hunter was sober when he was dodging taxes from 2018 to 2019, the years he was there to plead guilty to. And he said, yeah, he was sober. So Hunter either lied to the judge or he was actually sober and fully cognizant when he was signing fraudulent tax returns. There goes the drug excuse. This judge also asked if prosecutors were looking into Hunter Biden being a foreign agent, illegally lobbying on behalf of foreign nationals. Now, Biden's Justice Department said, yeah, we're looking into FARA violations. Well, that was news to us because that's probably the easiest thing to charge Hunter Biden with. This means either two things. Prosecutors were blocked from pursuing foreign lobbying violations or the Biden family protection racket's cracking. And all of a sudden, foreign lobbying charges are now on the table. The judge is giving both sides until September 1st to give him a new deal. And at this point, it's a race to placate the judge, but at the same time, save face and save Hunter from further prosecution. It's only going to get more corrupt as this clock ticks down to December 1st. And that makes August the most critical month in the Biden presidency. There is no way Hunter Biden, a spoiled brat, is copping to any plea that puts him in prison. And neither is President Biden. But immense pressure will build in August against the Biden family. In days, Congressman Comer is set to release more damning bank records that show even more money pouring into Biden family bank accounts and being disguised through shady shell companies. Devin Archer, the longtime Biden family business partner, is set to spill his guts to James Comer on Monday. His testimony could be devastating. Will Devin Archer even make it to Monday? Currently, he's in hiding and has been getting threats to his life. Here's why. He knows everything, and details of his testimony have leaked. Word is that Devin Archer will say Hunter would put Joe on the phone with his business partners, and Joe Biden would know everybody's names. He'd know their wives' names and their kids' names. It was a routine. They played it out dozens of times with clients. It was orchestrated and pre-planned with the vice president. And it was their closing pitch. And after the clients heard Joe on the phone, familiar with everything, that's when they wired Hunter the money. And there was one pot of money for the entire Biden clan. Hunter Biden paid Joe Biden's personal cell phone for years, $25,000. He paid for home repairs. He paid for monthly expenses. Don't take it for me. Take it for Hunter Biden himself. He texted his daughter, quote, I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for an entire family for 30 years. It's really hard. But don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. This is all starting to reach very uncomfortable levels in the media. They know political damage to Joe Biden when they see it. 
this is a huge gift for former President Donald Trump and Republicans because it gives them something to attack, to deflect. It also gives more credibility to some of the unsubstantiated claims that Republicans have been making uh, to Hunter Biden's international business dealings. It allows them to portray a picture entering into the campaign season to start chipping away at Joe Biden's character. That's the entire sort of premise here. That's the goal of what they want to do. They want to muddy up Joe Biden. And the hairs on the back of Binder's neck starting to stick up. Last week, this was a Trump-appointed prosecutor dealing with a Trump-appointed judge, and Joe Biden just loves his son. But today, there was a new talking point. This case was handled independently. This was an independent investigation that was, uh, that was overseen by the Department of Justice. They are independent. Again, this was done independently. I'm just going to not speak to that. Uh, it is an independent matter, and I'm just going to refer you as this has been an independent investigation. Democrats know the bigger the cover-up, the uglier the possible impeachment's going to get. Everybody heard what the judge said today in Delaware. She'd never seen such a sweetheart deal. She'd never heard of a gun charge just going away like that. She'd never been asked to sign off on a deal that had handcuffed her. The judge smelled a rat. The White House was humiliated that its Justice Department was exposed for bringing such a preposterous deal in front of the judge in public with reporters there. And the White House can no longer claim that Hunter Biden's a private citizen, so we're not going to talk about him. What kind of private citizen gets an armed eight-car motorcade to court? Today was the day the Hunter Biden scandal became the Joe Biden scandal. Democrats are now forced to reckon with this, and so far, they're in a state of denial. Why do you think Democrats seem to not care when there's a Democrat in the White House about possible corruption in the Oval Office? The corruption that we're seeing is a corruption of the Republican Party. Why don't Democrats care about some of this stuff that has come out? Because it's BS. There's no real evidence. Why would we want to impeach him when, he's, when there's no wrongdoing? Today's plea bargain implosion was more evidence of a cover-up. And everybody who's participated in the cover-up is on notice. Today was a day finally where justice was served. We can feel the wheels of justice turning. The ground has shifted. Momentum is on our side. And it is about time. Hunter Biden. Yeah, wow. I mean, uh, this was uh, kind of an interesting thing to see justice in our country uh, go uh, in favor of truth. And uh, even though it involved a Democrat. Uh, because our Justice Department uh, is no longer blind. It's a two-tiered justice system. If you're a Democrat, you get away with everything. You know, over at the Gateway Pundit, they said, uh, uh, Roger Stone said, I never got a, 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 a sweetheart deal. I had to pay every penny back, uh, fines and what have you. Uh, over at the Gateway Pundit also, the headline reads, Judge set conditions of release for Hunter Biden, orders him to get a job, submit to drug testing, and here's the full list. So if Hunter does not comply with any part of the judge's order, he can be arrested. Hunter is required to not possess a firearm, not use a use or possess any controlled substances, including marijuana, unless prescribed, submit to a full federal supervision, no use of alcohol at all. Seek active employment. Seek active employment. 
submit to testing for prohibitive substances, participate in substance abuse therapy. Penalties for violating could include immediate issuance of an arrest warrant, revocation of release, forfeiture of bond, prosecution for contempt of court. Wow. And that's the document. It's an official document here. That's uh, incredible. Well, this judge is uh, is uh, Mary Ellen Noriaka, Norica, and uh, she is, you know, from Pittsburgh. Uh, she's from Pittsburgh, PA. She's 57 years old, born in 1966. She went to Lehigh to get a bachelor degree. She got her master's at Columbia University in New York, uh, Ivy League school. And then she got her judicial doctorate at the University of Pittsburgh. Interesting. So Ted Cruz said she was a Democrat, but she was appointed by Trump. And uh, I don't know, those places, Lehigh and Pittsburgh, strike me as being a little bit more conservative than that. But... uh, yeah, if anything, you know, if she's a Democrat, she's, you know, a little less of a Democrat. We have some other audio clips we want to share. This is uh, U.S. Attorney Brett Tolman says the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware has a tough choice to make right now. They could dismiss this thing and admit they, they're a protection racket for the Bidens, or they could restore the legitimacy of the department reputation, department's reputation and do something more substantial. Either way, they have a month, and what happens at the end of that month will tell us everything we need to know. I agree. Now that they've been humiliated and exposed for doing this sleazy deal, they have a month to put this thing back together. How is it possible to put a deal like this back together without it being exposed again? So the department is going to have to make some tough choices right now, and they're going to have to decide, do we add the FAR accounts in? Do we also add perhaps a more serious consequence on the gun charge? Do we also go with what we've done in every other tax case and do something more substantial in the tax counts that have been brought? And do we make a recommendation that the judge sentence him like we do in every other case in this country to what the appropriate uh, minimum or maximum guideline range is according to what he pleads guilty? Roll That's the what dice the judge and wants. have the first son potentially serve prison time? That's the choice they have to make right now is if they're going to try to restore the legitimacy of the of the department's reputation or or Jesse, even worse, will they do this? Will they just throw it all away and throw it to the caution to the wind and dismiss the counts and just let everybody know what's happening? You Those know, seem I to think, be their I two think, choices. I think Which that's what take? they're going to do, Brett. And here's why. Hunter's legal team came in thinking he was getting global immunity to eternity. And now the thing blows up the smithereens and they have to cobble this thing back together and save face. How do you go from global immunity to let's roll the dice? He might have to serve a couple months. Well, the prosecution knows they they had to admit that it was an ongoing investigation because that's what they've been telling Congress. So if you're right, if I'm right, 
that, that one of the choices the department has is to dismiss this thing and just admit that they're, they're, they're a protection racket for the Bidens, they're going to have to justify getting rid of it. And at this point, they've already charged it, and she's arraigned him. He's, he's pled not guilty, and she's going to demand that they prosecute the case or give her a reason to dismiss that. <laughs> what a mess, Brett. I mean, this is an... Well, you know, I, I also see a pardon happening. If not, that The pardon is, is going to be something. Yeah, I, I'm surprised no one's really even talking about it. Here is Peter Schweitzer talking about some things Now, here. listen to this. Business Insider just revealed one of the people who paid for Hunter's artwork. Her name is Elizabeth Naftali. She's not an art collector at all. She's a Democrat donor, and she's a friend of the Bidens. She donated to the Biden campaign, and Joe appointed her to a cushy government post shortly after Hunter's art show. Does that surprise you, Peter? <laughs> no, Jesse, uh, it's, it's the grift. I mean, look, the question that we've always asked and that I know you've asked is, what is the Biden's business? They're getting all this money from overseas. They're getting all this money for artwork that, frankly, is not worth half a million dollars. What is the business? What's the product? The product is Joe Biden. Let's remember, with Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company, Hunter Biden was getting $83,000 a month when his father was vice president of the United States. When his father became the ex-vice president of the United States, Hunter's take from Burisma was cut in half. <laughs> so everybody knows what the product is and why this was being done. And the Democrats, I think, that continue to cling to the notion that there's nothing here, there's nothing to see, are making a big strategic mistake in my mind. Well, <laughs> I agree. But, you know, let's see where this pardon, the pardon goes. Keep your ears open for the pardon. And you could just see Joe Biden. You know, Joe, by the way, went to France. She's hanging out with the French uh, Emmanuel Macron's wife. But um, I could just see him saying, you know, my son's going through a lot of uh, troubles. You know, he's still getting over his drug addiction. Um, have some, you know, we need some privacy in this time of, you know, whatever. But we're going to take care of my son uh we're basically going to give him a pardon. And every, you know, of course, the liberal media would endorse that. That's his son. You know, well, you know, some people, he's a Biden. He's always going to get that preferential treatment. You know, they're going to make all those excuses. But they would never do that for anybody else. But, you know, I still see in it, um, more and more information. James Comer, um, Devin Archer. Those testimonies and that information is going to play big in the next month. And uh, this uh, is going to be very, very entertaining, to say the least. Be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org. Find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Make a donation to keep us commercial-free here. Make a donation over at MAGAPAC.org. Use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow. <laughs> 